Grace and peace, everyone, and welcome to KNEC Sermons, a podcast of Kurt Newton and East Calder, Church of Scotland. And let's listen to today's episode. So let us pray. God of grace and God of love, shine your spirit in our hearts and give us understanding. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Mark chapter 8 is uh, the first of three times in the Gospel that Jesus talks about his death and resurrection. So there's no doubt he knew what was coming and he still went through with it. Peter displays a very typical human response to Jesus talking about his impending trial. He tells Jesus he shouldn't be speaking like that. I know there are many people who just don't like the idea of speaking about death. Some even fear that to do so might actually bring it about prematurely. This is maybe why in the letter to the Hebrews the writer talks about how Christ frees people who have lived their lives with the fear of death haunting them like a deep dark shadow. Get away from me Satan, I have come to bring life says Jesus, and life in abundance. But that doesn't mean that death doesn't come first. In fact, Jesus makes it clear that if anyone wants to follow him and walk his way, then there is a deep cost. In the language of the day, to take up one's cross meant to be prepared to walk to one's death. In the face of an evil worldly empire, and in an effort to embrace the alternative kingdom of God, followers of Jesus, followers of the way, would be putting their lives on the line, refusing to bow to the evil ways of the empire, put one in direct conflict with those in power. It's not changed much in some parts of our world today. You see the people of North Korea facing up to a brutal military regime and risking their lives for the sake of democracy, freedom, justice and peace, things that most of us take for granted. In the face of the world's injustice, Jesus says, if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, the gospel, you will find true life. But what does it look like to do this in an age where there are thankfully few, if any, wooden crosses to shoulder? Unless you're Arthur Blessed, of course, who spent his life walking around the world with a cross on his shoulder and sharing the good news of the gospel. But for most of us, I think first and foremost, it's a question about faith. What does it look like to take up one's cross? It's a question about faith. Are we prepared to believe that God in Christ has done it for us already? That's the question. That's the challenge. What I mean by that is that when Paul says in Colossians 2 verse 12, for example, that you were buried with Christ when you were baptised, it means that baptised followers of Jesus have already received the benefits of laying down one's life and dying because of Jesus laying down his life and dying and rising. 
So first and foremost, the call to take up one's cross is a call to believe that we've already died to sin and been made alive in Christ. That that new life has already begun to break in, in the midst of the old. And that that takes faith to trust the truth of that. In practical terms, though, living the Jesus way might mean to live out of that position of faith and for example it might mean in a relationship that we find it difficult that we we seek to learn from it something about ourselves as Carl Jung famously said that in every relationship even the difficult ones we can learn things about ourselves or it might mean in a conversation to give up our need to be right in order to really listen to someone else or for the greater good. To give up our right to fill the spaces, if you like, in order to truly listen out for somebody. Maybe one of our most famous politicians at the moment needs to hear that at, at, at the moment. Rather than throwing around accusations and conspiracy theories in order to be proved right what would it look like if he let someone else speak we see it in some of our social media dialogue at the moment as well it's easy to fire off a quick remark without listening to how it might actually affect the recipient recipient this week saw another very public scottish politician being the victim victim of some horrendous verbal attacks from people within her own party who clearly don't care how poisonous their words and threats can be. I used to think that the, the, the response to that was not to engage in it but more and more I'm thinking that a non-violent, prayerful, active resistance is needed to counter such attitudes. And so an example of of having already given up one's life in Christ might mean giving up one's need to be right. That might make us better able to listen to others. Because good listening is important, we all know that. The word listen in the Bible actually occurs about 600 times, so it must matter, for example. For, For example, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand, says Jesus in Matthew 11. As a church locally here in Kirk Newton and East Calder, we have some funding to pilot a community listening project. And part of that has meant that some volunteers have been doing training in listening. Listening isn't easy. It's not as easy as we think. It can be easy to hear someone, but not so easy to listen to them. Active listening means truly engaging with what the other person is saying without judgment and reflecting back to them what they've said so that they feel listened to. Simple questions like, what's most important to you at the moment? Or how are you feeling about it now? Or what choices do you have? Can be helpful. I reckon Jesus was a good listener and practiced it, his, his own teaching about listening well. So let's not be ashamed of him or of his words. Let's look to him for the way to be and let's trust his spirit to be at work in us now and through us as we cast aside our paper crowns and follow him.
and having faith like Abraham and Sarah, who in their dotage faced an uncertain future, but cradled God's fragile promise and kept it alive, nurturing it until it was fully grown and became a blessing down through the generations. Let us also believe in the God whose kingdom is replacing every other kingdom in this earth. And let us seek God in Christ so that we can know our part in being ministers in that same kingdom of expanding light and life and love. For it's when we give up our own life that we find real life. It's when we give up the world and its stuff that we find our souls reborn. Let us trust the message we see in nature all around us at this time of year that what was dead and buried in the ground all winter is now bursting forth in magnificent colour and stature and screaming to us that death is not the end but merely the beginning of something new and glorious and everlasting. May we prepare the ground and plant what seeds we can then trust God for the harvest. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to KNEC Sermons. You can find more information on our website, www.knec4jesus.org.uk. Look forward to hearing and seeing you again. Grace and peace.